He can't keep getting away with it! You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but hot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Everyone can enjoy the rich satisfactions that bowling offers. Ten big fat pins just asking for it. Gutter ball. Gutter ball. He's the one doing the boosting. Bowler, how are you in background? Give me a drink and give me some champagne. Are you kidding right now? 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 Shit, man. Don't tell him we're high. Listen, we may be a little high. I mean late. A little late. I mean high. How are you doing? It's another Tuesday night. Hope you're feeling all right. You're certainly in the right place. It is July 25th. Christmas in July, my friends. So a merry one to you. And you're listening to episode... 259 a bowl after bowl. I'm Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And you're in the bowl, which makes you a bowler, bowler. Ah, bowler, right on time. A bowler's never early or late. They bowl precisely when they mean to. And we mean to. We mean to. Short show tonight, right? Fingers crossed. Toes crossed. That's what we said. Balls crossed. Uh, Big happening over the weekend. Big happening. Was your company picnic. Oh, yeah. The company picnic is always a a treat. Most indeed. Always running around like crazy. And yeah, this weekend was no exception. Company picnic. Uh, They do it at the Faulkner Ranch there. A Which, great spot for pumpkin picking and all the fall festivities. Yes. They got like a cowboy theme. And this year there was a new feature, which I thought was really amusing. The condiments bar, all of the bottles of ketchup, mustard, and barbecue sauce were like um, hanging out of this big plastic cow. And they were like cow udders that you squeezed onto your plate. Yes. <laughs> to get the sauces out. So all of the kids had to do it, sauce their own plates. Because, duh. I also had to, because, duh. It's a satisfying uh, squeeze bottle experience. Yeah, it was. Plus, it's always upside down, so it's always ready to rock. You don't have to, like, you know. Really work it and jerk it and shake it and stuff, yeah. Exactly. It's soft and supple and full of sauce. I was surprised at how soft the squeeze bottles were. Yeah, me too. It was fun. It was a... I never seen that concept before. It was a unique one for me. First time I ever squeezed mustard out of a fake cow tit. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, there's a first time for everything. Right, we've we've proven that week after week, bull after bull. Now we were prepared because the last time we went up to Faulkner Ranch, they had hawks for hostesses. Oh my god! Just it was circling the tables, waiting for you to get up so that they could throw your plate away. Yes. And I was worried the wolf was going to eat someone last year because you had just chopped up a hot dog for John and then got up and some uh, hawk swooped in and took it. I got up to refill my lemonade. And I was in the bathroom with the girls. Which was steps away. I mean, I could be seen. It's not a huge (laughs) banquet hall, you know? Yeah. It's a relatively small room. So I take, I don't know, 10 paces away from the table to fill my lemonade up, turn around, come back, all the food's gone last year. So yeah, I was just like, I am not leaving the table no. this year till I am fully done. I had my don't fuck with me face on the whole time. <laughs> I said, well, go to the bathroom when we're done eating. The only problem is it's a wonderful time. They have a zip line. They have pony rides for the kids. They have... Goats and other animals you can pet and feed, of course. Uh, They have yard games. The only issue is that it's a total of like three hours that you're allotted there. And there's no way to just chill out, relax, have conversations with people, and have a good time. Yeah, it feels like... It's so rushed. A little bit high school schedule-y. It's, yeah. Where you've got to like chow down fast... There's an open bar the whole time, but, like, they're uh, coercing you into these activities so often that you can't really just sit back and sip and chat, you know? Yeah. I got to say hi to one of your coworkers that I see every time, and then we were like, oh, we got to catch up on this topic, and then by the time I was seeing him again, it was time to say goodbye, and they were, you know, saying, okay, everyone, you got to head out now. We should go. We got to clean up. No, it was a bummer. But that's all right. Our oldest won a cow milking contest. Yes. So that was cool. And the girls made it quite a bit farther in the water balloon game. Yeah, they got a tiny ass water balloon out of there. That was like the. And they let them stand closer. The key strategy. To us. Yeah, they cheat it for the little kids, which is cool. Whatever. Yeah, because they still don't win. But they make it a little bit further in the game. Right. Keep them engaged for longer. Yeah, open bar. That is cool. Yeah, we walked out of there with like four blue ribbons. Yeah, four blue ribbons. The ribbons are all for horsing around. So we're like the horsing around champions, which makes nothing but sense, right? Yeah, it's the bowlers. When you think about it. Um, Yeah, speaking of making nothing but sense... Uh, I made a purchase that came in yesterday because uh, remember Adam Curry was talking about the lack of analog time in our lives, especially in the younger generations who've maybe never been exposed much to analog time at all. Or maybe they've been exposed in the context of a really boring school lesson and that's it and nowhere else. And it got to me thinking, uh, yeah, you know, I don't really have a lot of analog time in my life either anymore. I've got this wolf clock, so in the bowl I'm looking at analog time. But uh, what about when I'm walking around? Just have my phone in my pocket? Eh, 
Yeah, who needs to look at the screen any more than you already do? And that's that trap, right? Every time I need to know what time it is, I'm touching my phone, and that just, like, triggers you into opening that fucker up and looking through it, which you don't need to always do just to know the time. Now I could keep it on the lock screen. I don't have to unlock my phone. But me, a doofus, often does. So I decided it was time to get a timepiece. Got me thinking about, you know, the significance of the passage of time. And I went on, didn't know agenda list, and got one of those Axe Head watches. I've been looking at them for a few years, ever since I first heard that uh, donation from the NA producer for Axe Head. Yeah, they're so pretty. Makes they're wooden, wooden watches. And wooden watches. Uh, I used that ITM coupon code, and it took a quarter off of the price. Um, and yeah, I only had to pull out, uh, well, I've got three links out of it, and that makes it... A little loose still on my wrist. I'm thinking about taking one more link out of it. But it was pretty easy enough to resize myself. And uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful look. Kind of like that light-grained wood in contrast with the really dark kind of deep coffee color wood. I don't know what kinds of woods these are. Pretty wood. But they're beautiful. Hardwood. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I synced it up to the second with uh, the real current time so that I'm never late getting back to class or whatever. I know exactly down to the second when it's going to flip uh, the hour. And it's already it's already improving my life. I can feel it. Nice. I also got a watch, a wristwatch, because I needed one. Got myself a cheapo goth girl wristwatch. It's just a black Casio waterproof watch. Because you know, once I put it on, I don't want to take it off. I might want to do the dishes or hop into the shower or something. Yes. I love it. That is the one thing about this watch is it's not necessarily life proof. Yeah, that would. Um, But it's so pretty. But it's, it's so pretty. So pretty. And... Our kids are already interested because they've been working on reading the face of a clock. Yep. So now they want analog wristwatches. We went to, you know, hell to see what was available for kids. All digital. Yeah, there wasn't a single analog watch available. Yeah. They just treat the kids like dummies. Surprise, surprise. So that'll be a special order. We're just keeping our eyes peeled looking for something that'll work. Yeah, it's cool. The only thing I would complain about my little Casio cheapo watch is that the numbers don't glow in the dark. Ah, nuts. That would have been the perfect. I used to have the numbers and hands watch glowing in the dark. Oh, yeah. That's the way. That's fun. Um, Also fun. You pulled a giant tree out of a pond this weekend i did and uh, i would not be able to keep this watch on for work like that no way oh no the pond the tree was in the pond for almost a month a few weeks so pop was eager to get that thing out of there so yeah right after the company picnic we headed up there crashed and then the next morning uh fired up the old mighty max and uh pulled that thing out one section at a time <laughs> That thing could still get up and go. 
Oh, the apocalypse, uh, apocalypse, apocalypse proof truck. Yeah. All manual, everything, no computer in it. What's better than that? No brakes. <laughs> I'll work on that. I just need to bleed and refill the uh, brake fluid in there. It's almost totally empty. But uh, out on the farm, you know, brakes aren't super extra important. You can live life without them. Yeah, so we had a great Bowls with Buds over the last week. We talked to Sir Paul, the book guy, and uh, had a conversation about his recent Twitter ban. Although I guess he's not banned from Twitter anymore, right? Because there is no Twitter anymore. Oh, yeah. So that's fun. How does that work? Do they move their database of banned accounts or ISOs? Or, uh... I don't know. I think that he just changed the logo, essentially. I think that's the only thing that happened. It's yeah. kind of like when he added the doge in there, you know, for, for a little while. There was a doge instead of the bird. And uh, everybody still was on Twitter, called it Twitter. I think people will still call it Twitter. You know, they renamed that bar Big 12 in Columbia. To whatever they named it. I can't even remember. But everyone still called it Big 12. Even the people that, like me, who moved there after it was ever named Big 12. Like, I never went to a bar called Big 12 on the front of the door. But people just still referred to it as its old name. I think that'll keep going with Twitter. Because you're going to call it X. I mean, that's just... Lame, right? Yeah. It's already a... Take an X could be anything, but I stay away from it. I leave it alone. Nah, I don't go I'll on the bird shite. That's what I call it, the bird shite. Yep. I just post the episode. Post the episode. That's more than I would be willing to do. I'm probably not going to do it much longer, man. There's just not that many uh, payoffs. It's just, yeah, like, where's the enjoyment? If it doesn't give me value, then I'm not going to waste my time. If there was literally any barrier to doing it, then uh, I would stop. But it's just an extra seven seconds, you know? Like, after I make the Mastodon toot, I copy and paste it into a tweet, and I hit send. So it's not like a big time barrier for me, you know? But, uh, yeah, I don't think anybody would miss us over there on Twitter. Mostly just porn chick bot accounts. And that's pretty much it. Uh, coming up, we have a very exciting Bulls with Buds, though. On Friday, we are talking with Make Heroism and Mary-Kate Ultra. Yes, again. Once again. So, we talked to them for the 240 episode on 420. They were with us on 250 for our big uh, birthday extravaganza. And now 260. They're going to hit again. The it's trifecta. A, it's an MK Bonanza. Uh, three every ten, the magic number abides it will also be a special day because it'll be a boobsy birthday that's right so happy birthday boobery coming up uh and hey maybe we gotta maybe we're gonna have to figure something out special to give boobery on his birthday definitely we'll put our heads together and figure something out uh and speaking of the mks we had a good uh, jackbox game night on sunday nice hung out and uh, did some more Jackbox games. Been doing that uh, on Sundays lately. 
Sunday evening. So uh, hop in the green room for the chitter chatter. And you can join us and, and play uh, some party games with your friends online. Because we're your online friends. Yeah, I noticed the time moved an hour earlier. If the time had moved an hour later, I would have been able to hop in. Oh, yeah. The earlier is worse for me. But that's all right. Kid, Someday. Kid chasing. You'll Someday get in there. will line up. You'll get in there. Um, speaking of getting in there, we're getting in a Casey No Agenda meetup. It's way overdue, so we plan for one in Olathe this Sunday. Go to Casey Meetups, or excuse me, <laughs> go to noagendameetups.com, and you'll find it. It's the unpronounceable edition this time, and the gag is probably going to be, uh, I'm going to go and try to find some of the old JCD clips of him pronouncing Olathe in various ways, aside from Olathe. And uh, we'll maybe sneak them or slip them into the meetup report somehow. I'm trying to figure that out. Sweet. Um, be fun. Yeah. Is that a BB's? BB's Grill in Olathe. Not BB's Lawnside Barbecue. That's a different place. Uh, BB's Grill in Olathe. That's where it'll be. And yeah, the address is over there on noagendameetups.com. So you can RSVP, let us know you're coming. We got a big fat table reserved, and uh, we'll be kicking it. Kicking it big. I did not have time to do a promo. I'm working doubles this week. I'm just like pulling trees out of ponds, running around in tight little circles. Well, um, yeah, I didn't even see you today till it was bowl time. Oh, it's I've been uh, I've been in a hole. Been in a hole. Yep. Rest of the week. But uh, see it's you a, Saturday. It's it's necessary for the monte. Mm-hmm. We need the monte. And. Uh, Speaking of the Monte, I heard your wonderful angel noises last night. Oh, yeah. On BTS, man, behind the schemes. That was great. Yeah. I was the boost sound. You were the boost sound. I was the boost bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Booberry uh, knows how to snipe out the perfect DeLorean moments. I know, yeah. He's got a, a pile of them. So at some point, I made some angelic singing sound. And he snagged it. I don't even remember you doing that. I don't remember doing it. <laughs> but then all of a sudden I'm hearing it as the boost sound. Yeah. So And I wouldn't have even known it was me if it had not been pointed out in the show. <laughs> <laughs> Which is often the case. Yeah. I know. Like Sometimes you hear out of context drops and you're just like, did I say that? <laughs> yeah. I don't really know. I'll ask if it's someone else. You're like, no, that's you. Definitely you. We like to keep track. We also like to keep track of all of the bowlers who chip in with their time, their talent, their treasure. Because after all, we are a value for value show here. And uh, that means that we put this thing out Tuesday after Tuesday, bowl after bowl. And uh, we ask that you would evaluate that value. Same root word. Isn't that tricky? Evaluate. It literally means look at it and size it up. Does it bring you value? How much value? What would you say? Uh, when you start returning value for that, uh, those things in your life that give you value, you open up this kind of feedback loop that is just, uh, it's hard to describe if you've not participated in it before. And I always tell the creators out there that you know, until you participate on the giving side as well, it's 
it's just tough to really quantify or explain or be like, you know, you have to be like, trust me, bro. Cause people are just obsessed over my download numbers, you know, and things that ultimately don't give you any joy ultimately don't give you any value back. I can watch the download chart go up and down, up and down since we started this thing. Uh, but the value thing is kind of a steady growth thing. Just churning over time a little bit at a time, kind of like the value we put into the show. And so we've kind of seen an equivalent over time for that. And we're so grateful for it. That's why we thank everybody up front every show. Uh, this time I logged into the PayPal and crickets this week for the PayPal. So we got a few people on monthlies, but uh, they just missed the gap. There's just a gap this week. So nothing in the PayPal, but if you are feeling froggy on the PayPal side, you can always find that donate button at the bottom of all of the pages on bullafterbull.com. What we do have, though, is a chorus of boostograms coming in through the helipad boost tracker, which I shall read to you right now. We always scroll back to six days ago to start this thing off, and we kick things off with a celebratory tune. Uh, that was sent to us by the great Hey Citizen. I'm gonna boost some stats. I've got 40,000 in my wallet. I'm, I'm, I'm boosting value contribution. This is fucking awesome. Oh yeah, it's fucking awesome. Fucking awesome. Just like the bowlers. And I scroll back six days ago because I am looking for Harv Hat's boost of 1420 sats. This time it came from Kyriocaster. And he always hits us on the outro and the intro. Uh, just like clockwork, it's like the stamp of where things start and stop. He is my boost markup, essentially. And for that, we thank you, Harvat. Yes, we thank you, and we appreciate you, Harvat. Uh, right after that, in the post-show, Booberry hit us with a 69, 69 sets. 69! 69, dudes! And he sent us an ISO, which was uh, relevant at the moment. Yes. Of sending, which I have since lost completely. And uh, I still appreciate it, and it works for that post show. And that's why you got to hang out in the post show. Uh, we keep this thing going uh, post, uh, post bowl after bowl over at stream.bowlafterbowl.com. You can join in on the fun or the IRC chat. We're at zero node. And uh, just get into that bull after bull channel. If you already are in the no agenda troll room, then it's as simple as just adding that channel. Pound bull after bull. That's right. Pound bull after bull right in your vagina. Hey. And you're right in there. Uh, next up was Lavish, 4,200 sats at a fountain, and he said, technical difficulties boost. Uh, thanks, Lavish. We're experiencing some stream droppage in and out type stuff. And then uh, pretty much everything went wrong last Tuesday. We had a pause in the middle of the show. We had all kinds of, we had a oh, the power went out mark of the, the unicorn show. fail. We had a power out. We had all kinds of shit. But we still got the episode posted before going to bed. We did. Well, there was like an internet outage too post show. and Oh, that's right. It said, oh, we're not going to be back on until 7 a.m. And it's... It took about as long as me bitching about it and smoking one cigarette, and then it was back. Yep. Thank goodness, because it was already coming up on 
4 a.m. Oh, I, I think, think I published that, that just before five. Yep. Something like that. Fun times. It's the best time to be a podcaster. Best time to walk around your house with like red bloodshot eyes <laughs> and a, a thousand yard stare. Blueberry, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, speaking about what I'm talking about, 6969 sats coming in. 69, Again? 69, dudes! This time from Hey Citizen, he's boosting out of Podverse. And he said, See, I told you I wasn't trying to be your friend. I'm just running a business. <laughs> uh, this is a quote from my guy lighting us another joint after I told him I have to go. He's referring to the uh, clip of the mad doctor last week who was talking about, uh, you know, your guy just wants to make money. He's not your friend. Yeah, so he's going to spike your weed. Really? Not. Let's let's be real talk, though. There is a way higher percent chance that your dealer is going to be your friend than any random shop owner. Yes. Is going to be your friend. Yeah, because they're not your friend, bud. They're, they're doing business. Right. Exactly. With dealers, you got to, like, hang and vouch and you meet through circles it's gotta be some sort of a bit of trust and 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 such yeah it the shop owners just getting it from the local what used to be a pepsi factory in big bulk order exactly they are growing it at the pepsi factory right down the street Mm -hmm. they finally changed the logo (laughs) that's fantastic i love it uh you know what else i love 33 33 sats from Dame Trail Chicken. Oh, bark, bark. Thank and, you. Uh, she says, having grown up in a rural area, we didn't have ice cream trucks roaming around. Ice cream emoji, cry face emoji. Uh, but we did on occasion make our own. Oh, that's even better. Licky face emoji. Now we're talking. You ever done the uh, ice cream where you kick a can around? Never have I ever. That's a fun one. Did it once at the local library. I don't know how it works, because I was too young to really pay attention. I think it involves, like, salt and cold shit. Yeah. And... Shaking it up. Cream and sugar, ice stuff. Yeah. A little bit of science and a lot of feet. Mmm, feet. (laughs) Feet are neat. Uh, You know what else is neat? Another 33-33. Came in from Starship Alves. That's Sir Paul, the book guy to you. Oh, thank you, Sir Paul. He's coming in at a fountain. He was boosting uh, pre his Bowls with Buds episode. Uh, and he said, love this show. So then he came on and hung out, which is great. And he's matching every boost that comes into his Bowls with Buds episode. That's right. He's going to boost the boosts that come to his boost back to our boost. <laughs> talk about value that is a pile of value so uh look up that bowls with buds that we did with sir paul and and boost it get the boost chain uh reinvigorated yeah uh we did not have i think any live boosts that were announced on that show uh but i think harv hat hit us right after during the fade out with 7777 so I'd like to uh, shout him out and give him credit. That came from CurioCaster. 
Shout out. Shout out. And then a 6666 from Sir Paul again, uh, coming through Fountain, who said, thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks for coming on, guy. Yeah, yeah appreciate you, guy. Now we have today's boosts. These are the freshest boosts. Mmm, juicy boost. They are uh, starting off with Jer- Dirty Jersey Whore Out of Fountain. Hey, thanks, DJW. He's not the dirtiest of every whore in Jersey, because that gets pretty dirty. But uh, he's up there. He's filthy. And 19,760 sets is what he's boosting from Fountain. And he says, sell all your Bitcoin and buy Doge, not financial advice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will uh, actually literally try to acquire some Doge just to sell it to somebody for Bitcoin if that's what's going down. <laughs> oh, man. No, I'm kidding. I'd rather give you dollars for that. I don't know. Not financial advice. Yes, that's probably good. Not financial advice. Uh, next up, no advice at all, but 4269 sets from Harv Hat. He saw that live item go live in all of the podcast apps, uh, which signals that. This is a new live son of a bitch. And we are broadcasting to the world. So he hit us in the CurioCaster app uh, this time. But you can see that in all of the live supporting apps as we go live each week. Next up was Hey Citizen. He's coming at us from Podverse with a... 69! 69, dudes! And uh, he says, time to smoke another bowl. Hey. Couldn't agree more. So when are we smoking some weed? Right meow. Meow. Yeah, why not? No better time than the present. That's why they call it a gift. (laughs) But um... 76. The extended freedom boost comes in from Booberry just four minutes ago. The freshest boost we have in the helipad. Uh, and he's got a PNG, which is always a risk with this man, but we're going to right click and we're going to go to it. By the way, he's boosting totally sovereign out of Boost CLI from his own node. How do you like them apples? I and love them. And what does he have? Oh my god, he's got a Lorian ISO folder that would just about make your head spin. He says, this should be illegal. (laughs) (laughs) Also, here's that ISO if you wanted it back, and he pops the uh, new zip file in there. Oh, fantastic. Yes, let's grab it. Uh, Out of my curiosity, I wanted to remember, because there's no way I could remember off the top of my jam what that was. My memory just doesn't work I that remember. Way. Do you? Yeah. It was a reference to the labyrinth, and it's the joke that's in one of the songs that Bowie wrote into the song. Oh, that's right. Yes. Uh, you remind me of the, uh, gosh, what's the original? In the remind song, me of the babe. Of babe. That's what the babe? song. Babe with the power. What power? Power of voodoo. Who do you do? You do what? Remind me of the babe. And my baby. Yeah. Got the shit slapped out of him. Dun dun. Something like that. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah, I remember. I remember now. How could I forget? Uh, let's hear it anyway. Why not? You remind me of a man. What man? The man with the power. What power? The power of hoodoo. Hoodoo? You do. Do what? Remind me of a man. What man? 
Oh, Good I was going to say, I love the uh, Cypress Hill bo- <laughs> in the background of that clip, but that's not the background of that clip. <laughs> that's the uh, Stony Station still yeah, rolling in the that's background. that's the background of the bowl. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hey, what, what are you going to do? Good thing Mita sent you that spinny cap. Yeah, that's right. My doofus hat. Uh, but thank you. Thank you, bowlers, for the boosts. Really appreciate it. It's a nice value add, but it's not the only way. That's right. Perhaps the simplest way is to pass the bowl to someone you think might enjoy it. You can also contribute art clips like Boobs has been doing. Oh, and also we got a clip from Fletcher. That's right. I think he threw it on the board already. I played it in the intro. Would you like to hear it again? I want to hear it again. It's a fantastic clip. Everyone can enjoy the rich satisfactions that bowling offers. Ten big fat pins just asking for it. <laughs> They're just asking for it. So thank you, Fletcher, for sending us that bowling clip. That's awesome. And you can send news stories. Like I said, I've got a couple tonight that were sent in from bowlers. Make art for the episodes. Or, very simply, pick up your phone and call us to leave a voicemail. If you don't know what to say, we've got a first time I ever topic every week. So this week, we want to hear about the first time you ever animated. All you have to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 and the play of That's right. We'll play it without screening it. So say what you want to say. It's all free here. And if you're voice shy or in a zone with poor reception, you can always text the bowl, text 816-607-3663, or send a picture message. Those always get interesting, especially late at night. Yes. Show bobs. That's right. We have a war between the voicemail box and the uh, the DMs, the, the picture messages sliding in. Yes. You never know what can happen. One thing you always know, though, is uh, once we thank the sat boosters, uh, we do a little segment called... to build a node that's the seeds we're planting out here in 2023 uh and we just chat a little bit about node running bitcoin lightning what's fun uh and what's been happening lately both locally and uh globally and locally we had a little bitcoin coffee uh meetup last friday which uh i was a little late to fashionably late though it was the biggest uh, coffee media we've had so far. Nice. There was a bunch of uh, people. We had to pull up extra chairs and stuff. It was cool. Lots of new faces, some old faces. You guys always do it in the river market, right? That's right. That's a great spot. Thou mayest, right on the uh, streetcar line. Oh, yeah. Uh, where the streetcar turns around and goes back south. Free it- and clean, that streetcar. Tell you what. 
It's a fun little ride. It is. Um. So yeah, that was fun. And the coffee is good. The coffee is uh, lightning in a can, man. It's crazy. Jolts you up. So that's always fun to talk uh, Bitcoin with other Bitcoiners. And uh, worry, or not worry, but uh, warn shitcoiners of their impending doom. Because uh, every time you see new faces, you see new shitcoiners. <laughs> Which just happens, you know. Most of the people who make it to our meetups and read past the we are not a crypto meetup, we're a Bitcoin meetup. Uh, most of them are guys who are like, yeah, I believe most in Bitcoin, but, you know. What can't, do you, what do you think's the next one that's going to zoom up? Can't put all your eggs in one basket. Right, right, that's yeah. another one I've heard. Silly shit like that, yeah. So, uh, I don't know. The, the real part that's icky feeling about this question, right, from uh, people who shitcoin on the side or do the little gamble thing, is like, you can get lucky on those, and people do all of the time. But the thing that you're doing is you're hoping that your shitcoin will sell, uh, shoot up so that you can sell it at a profit to people who are just getting in who are going to hold your bag and lose their ass. And so you're just Indiana Jonesing shitcoin into other people's hands for profit, which is just like, you can make money that way, but it just feels gross to me. You know, and the risk doesn't really justify the reward for me personally. That's all. Now, a shit corners uh, live in their own life. They can do whatever the fuck they want. I don't. Uh, I don't sneeze or thumb my nose at that, but it's just not for me. That's all. I got too much shit to do as it is. Watching a price chart is the last thing on my mind. Fuck all of that. The next Bitcoin meetup, by the way, is going to be another coffee meetup. Uh, Friday, August 4th. So a week from this Friday. Uh, same spot. River Quay, uh, Thou Mayest. Right there in the streetcar line. There was a Bitcoin meetup tonight, but regrettably, since they got me working just about every hour of the day, uh, I, can't, I can't do any extracurriculars right now. Therefore, I missed it. I did not miss block 800,000, though. That was a fun little celebration. Wow. That went down. Uh, shoot, now I even forget because uh, it all wrapped up. It was either late last night or late two nights ago. Now I want to say it was late two nights ago, but I can thumb through uh, my history right here. Do-do-do. Now oh, yeah. that means boobies block coming up. Late 23. Well, Booby, Booby will be coming up. Eight oh oh eight thirteen. And yes, that is a based Booby block. So that'll be the next one to look forward to, and hopefully, it's much funner than block eight hundred thousand. I've never really watched a milestone block go down before, but it's such an eye roller, you know, because <laughs> the blocks are all random, and so you don't know how long a block will last. And we were at block hat. We were at block height eight hundred thousand for like two minutes, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then another block was just solved right away. Zoop. And there it was. It was like here, and now it's gone. Yeah. 
Crazy. Well, you know, for someone who counts the passage of time in blocks, sped things up a little bit for you. Oh, I was speeding. A great awakening. 800,000. My time flies. I know. Here right now, gone in 30 seconds. Time flies when you're proven work. Uh, Speaking of proven work, you just heard those pins get knocked over. Servo hit us. Servo, thank you. From Podverse with 13,337 sets. That's elite boost. Elite. Triple elite. And he said zeet in the boost. Zeet. He sent us a zeet. On the lightning rails. And he can't be banned from doing so. Beautiful. Smart move, sir. Way ahead of your time. Uh, we did have some interesting stories that I wanted to talk about, but uh, we promised that this was going to be a short show, relatively. Uh, however, the day after last bowl, I got a chuckle out of this news, the Truth Social Head of Engineering resigns to build Ditto and bring the best parts of Mastodon over to the Noster Protocol. That's, of course, our boy Alex Gleason, hmm. who uh, built Soapbox. So Soapbox itself, of course, it's a activity pub front end. It started off as a fork of Mastodon. Uh, and he added some features and improved the UI. And then for the last four years, it's kind of the biggest chunk of uh, innovation that's been going on in the Fediverse is kind of under his uh, work with Soapbox. Uh, So he's been kind of leading the charge and implementing features like emoji reactions, quote posts, events. Uh, But there's problems that he has noticed with Mastodon that... uh, is not really crazy about that can be solved with the Noster protocol. Uh, one of the things is Mastodon servers are all kind of on their little uh, islands, right? And they federate together, so they share the timelines of other accounts and other servers. But uh, each server is its own little fiefdom. And so if a server happens to be taken offline or goes down, all of the users on that server permanently lose their accounts and uh, all of the things that they've posted, all their content, everything, and it leaves kind of a hole in the network where that server once was. Goodbye forever. Exactly. Uh, if there's a huge server that goes down, uh, it really kind of fucks up the growth of the network overall. As you can imagine, a lot of users get disillusioned, go on to something else. They're like, oh, why waste my time on a new server? Because that one can just go down too. Uh, Mm. Too many bad experiences add up. And users eventually are like, nah, fuck it. Why would I waste my time? So Noster is a reimagined protocol that fixes that with cryptography and portable identities. So it's all based on a public-private key pair cryptographic situation just like bitcoin itself is where your uh identity is tied to a public key which can be uh, pseudonymous if you want or you can say who you are they're disposable but they're also portable so you could pitch a any given identity and just spin up a new one by spinning up a new public private key pair But you also can use multiple clients on multiple platforms with the same identity 
And all you need to do to uh, make things like a Noster note, for instance, is you just sign that uh, note with your private key. And then it adds to your own kind of uh, timeline. Works a bit like Mastodon or Twitter in that aspect, where you're just kind of posting things. So Gleason quits Truth Social, which I knew he was the soapbox guy, and I follow him on Mastodon for a few years now. But I did not... I don't know how I didn't know. He just doesn't lead with it, I guess. I had no idea he was the, like, head of engineering at Truth Social at Trump's uh, social media site. Crazy. It's, uh, it's, it's chuckly. Chuckle-worthy to me. Uh, so he's got a uh, grant via Soapbox um, from OpenSats to start building the Ditto project. So now he's going to be working on Ditto bringing the best parts of Mastodon over to the Noster protocol. So I expect big things in terms of improved UI, improved uh, uh, my mom could use this type shit. You know, he's going to be rolling out stuff for the retards, which is really what people seem to want and need and crave uh, even more than electrolytes these days. (laughs) So I think good things are coming from it overall. Yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, speaking of retards, Kuwait cracks down on crypto. They've banned payments. They've banned investment. They've banned mining. Oh, yeah. Let's see how that goes. Fantastic. Fantastic work, Kuwait. Uh, their capital markets authority has prohibited the use of crypto for payments or investment to combat money laundering, according to a circular by the country's financial regulator, Uh, This was issued just yesterday. Uh, To quote it, securities regulated by the Central Bank of Kuwait and other securities and financial instruments regulated by the Capital Markets Authority are excluded from this prohibition. Rules for thee, but not for me, bitches. Wow. Isn't that hilarious? No. (laughs) But yes. Hmm. Yes. Yes, it is funny. (laughs) Who show me on a bath? (laughs) <laughs> Kuwait uh, is in the Middle East over there. Yeah, over uh, there. Fertile, Christmas, uh, fertile Crescent type stuff. It's like one of them itty bitty countries uh, by the Israel situation. Uh, Iraq, Iran, Israel, Jordan, Syria. In fact, they're sandwiched between Saudi Arabia and Iraq. I pull up a map. Speaking of retards, I like to look at maps. So, uh, yeah. You know, the free part of the world. Where they say, okay, so, you know, if you're with us, the Capital Markets Authority, or if you're with the uh, Central Bank of Kuwait, if you're plugged in and juiced up, yeah, then you can invest in whatever the hell you want. But, But the regular people are now banned. Absolutely banned. By the way, this story posted on July 20th at 3.33 a.m. Ooh, spooky. Our time, local time. Uh, So that's fun. That's fun. Uh, Yeah, combating money laundering, I suppose. So I guess uh, money laundering is about to disappear in Kuwait, as well as Bitcoin payments. I have my doubts about both. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Why would you, uh, why can't you ban something that can't be banned? I don't know. I don't know, but it's a fun thought experiment, isn't it? Um, so fun, 
We see it over and over again. I embrace the uh, the bands. I embrace the coming bands. Uh, and then my last story. I'm just gonna skip to the cheese here. Uh, Mempool has brought out this kind of cute new block clock that shows the block height and it visualizes sort of the upcoming block. Also visualizing a couple extra things like the last block, the time between solves, uh, memory usage and fiat price, and the current priority fee rate. And also how many unconfirmed transactions are pending. Nice. Now so, they need to come out with a wristwatch version of it. That would be kind of cool. Wear it around. Yeah. Does anybody really know what block it is? Does anybody really care? Uh, they also released a uh, sats calculator. And I always use Krakens because it works the exact same way and it's convenient. But now I might start using mempools. I'm not sure yet. Uh, it just has a USD field, a Bitcoin field, and a sats field. And so whenever I'm feeling froggy about crunching numbers, which isn't often anyway. It's like at the block parties when you're pricing things. Exactly. <laughs> That's the only time I use it. When it becomes relevant, then uh, Kraken is always the tool I used, but now Mempool has a similar thing. Oh, so, okay. hey, fun stuff. They're always rolling out new tools and uh, tricks over there. That is your cocaine. By the way, if you really want the value of sats right away... Hell, Gal can give you that right in the IRC chat, as Servo just demonstrated. Just do bang Val and type in any uh, amount and the currency you want to convert from and to. Simple as. Simple as. Uh, now, though, it's time for what I hold my breath in anticipation all week for. Top three. All right. 33 people were shot over the weekend in Chicago. Always worth noting, and it always gets a headline. It's so fu- uh, it's so wild. Yeah, six of those were fatal, unfortunately. Mm. Tale as old as time in Michigan, where animal control removed a dog, 33 cats, and five dead cats from an unknown daga home. Unknown daga. So, so really, they could have said, like, 38 cats and a dog. But they had to just be like, well, if we subtract the dead cats, we got 33. Let's do that. <laughs> you know, I just thought that was a lot of numbers they for a headline. Went to some effort there. Yeah. To get the number. Too many numbers in a headline. I agree. I don't like that. In Cameroon, the death toll doubled to 33 in a building collapse, and a search is still underway for survivors. Now, I wondered if they had an earthquake or something, but according to the Associated Press, it was just a severely dilapidated building, and it fell, it was four stories tall, and landed right on a smaller building. Can I ask a question? Yeah. How do you double a number and wind up at 33? Right. It would have to be like 15 and a half. More than that, 16 and a half. How do you half a person? I don't know, but look at the data. Look at the study after study. There's right. always half a people. Uh, I'm just uh, scratching my chin. Mm. Really makes you wonder, Anon. Activated my almonds, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> These headlines are always spooky when the magic number pops up. In Montana, a deck collapsed at a golf club, injuring 33 people. 
Then you like read the first sentence, the lead, and it says at least 33 people were injured. It could have been more, but we had to run the story at 33. Exactly. 11 people were definitely hospitalized, and a lot of people, but not mentioned in a number, just walked away from the incident. I just imagine at every disaster, there's some kind of globalist uh, sworn-in reporter, and they're listening to the guy count bodies, and the guy's like 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, and then they go, oh shit, and they just run away. At that moment, and write the story. That's when they pick up the red telephone. Like, the yeah. death, the death toll was at least thirty three. It hit thirty three today. <laughs> like what the fuck, man? Or something goes on, and then they just write thirty three. They're like, "Fuck it, it's thirty three. Must be uh, how many? Did we get an official number? No. Oh, thirty three. It must have been. Yeah, we want those uh, federal checks coming in. So you know, it was thirty three. Waving the red flag over here. Mm. Send the big money over to Montana. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's a fun number to track. Let's just put it that way. Especially if no news is bad news, or, you know, no publicity is bad publicity, then, hey, I looked at a golf club in Montana, (laughs) and I know that there's a tournament that happens every year, and that's what was going on during this collapse. Interesting. You know, it gets the name in your head, and the little worm crawls in. Maybe someday I'll find myself in Montana go past that club and be like, yeah, that's familiar. I'll stop in. Yeah. Underwriting, advertising, whatever you want to call it. Brainwashing. 33. There it is. Well, a ferry sank off the coast of Sulawesi Island in Indonesia and killed 15 while 33 others survive. Whoa. Now there's a fun one. Yeah. Another double number headline. As you may have guessed, this ferry was overloaded with people i think it's supposed to hold like 20 oh man that's too many yeah had like 48 people on it so it capsized makes sense Mm -hmm. over the weight limit too fat for that indeed 33 days on a strike by ad hoc intercollege teachers continues in uttar pradesh I hadn't heard about this in American news. (laughs) The mainstream over here isn't covering this, but uh, these are government-aided schools, and the teachers there have had their salaries pending for a year. Some of them have been working there for decades. And it looks like the Supreme Court of uh, Uttar Pradesh did some examination and, uh, quote, regularized those who met their requirements and qualifications, which they say, oh, most teachers just didn't, and the state's not liable for them. So they didn't even get a notice like, hey, you're fired, we're making cuts or whatever. Oh, just stop getting paid. But they kept showing up to work. But no longer, because now they're on strike. Now that makes a lot of sense to me, going on strike when you're not getting paid at all. Your salary, all of a sudden the salary disappears, mm, Right. then we're out of a job. So that was a weird one. And just to ready ourselves for going behind the curtain, one final magic number story I couldn't push for later. Okay. (laughs) And this was from the National Drug Law Enforcement Agency in Nigeria, where they arrested a drug lord in Lagos and destroyed 33 hectares of cannabis farms. No. Yeah. That's about... 81 and a half acres for the simple 
acreage counting folks like myself. Yeah, this guy, uh, they caught him in a hotel room with a mule that he was going to send to Italy with uh, almost one and a half kilos of coke. And he had them wrapped up in what they called pellets. So it was like big, (laughs) big bags of blow wrapped over and over again in plastic. And he was going to have the guy swallow them when the law enforcement raided and uh, recovered it. I just wonder if he had swallowed any before they showed up. But they took a picture of him um, after his arrest, and in one hand he's holding the cocaine pellets, and in the other he's holding a sign with, you know, his name and, like, the date when he was arrested and whatever, (laughs) and the lines in the background showing how tall he is. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, wow, I don't know how... uh, I wouldn't want to swallow those. I'm like, how do you get them out? Ugh. It was grossing me out. They're Seems big. stressful. It's not like, you know, we're not talking like an eight ball. We're yeah. talking like a sizable amount of blow that you're supposed to swallow and then somehow uh, retrieve to make money off of. Uh, I don't know. It's a tough move, man. I don't know. Tough move, but somebody's got to choke it down and puke it up. <laughs> so, yeah, they also raided his house. And recovered 37 and a half kilos of weed, as the reporting goes. Um, over a thousand kilos of weed in another spot with 59 bags of processed pot. So I wonder if they're counting the whole plant, maybe even the containers that they're in or something, when they're saying kilos of weed. Stock and all. But uh, they. Th- believe that they've thwarted this man's attempt to smuggle 5 million tramadol pills. And um, there were three other suspects involved with his little triangle of work who they stopped over 6 million opioid pills from moving about. Damn. So, yeah. Anyways, let's go behind the curtain. Let's do it. Those numbers are ridiculous. The free market at play. I'm telling you. Well, someone's not free still. Uh-oh. And that's Mark Fogel. Yeah. But his but. name made it into a CBS headline. A and CBS I, headline? Oh, boy. Yeah. That was a big mainstream game. Sure. And I grabbed a clip. Oh, okay. For nearly two years, Ann Fogel has feared what her brother Mark is going through. We're able to talk to Mark, but we don't really... Um, ever get a sense of how he's doing. He doesn't feel comfortable sharing that. In 2021, the 62-year-old history teacher from Butler was detained in Russia for trying to enter the country with medical marijuana prescribed for his chronic back pain. But in June 2022, he was sentenced to 14 years in prison. He should have been slapped on the hand and sent home. Ever since, Mark's family and friends have been working day and night to get the word out. We are stretched to the maximum. Ann and other relatives met with several lawmakers and their teams the past two days. The third time the family has done so in the past three months. And on Saturday, they'll take their efforts outside the White House for a rally. Many people don't even know that this is happening. They feel Mark's name needs to be in the mix with Paul Whelan and Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gershkovich and want Mark designated as wrongfully detained, which would make him eligible for a prisoner swap. We don't wish to knock anyone down. We're just trying to raise our brother up. 
On Thursday, while in Europe, President Joe Biden said he is serious about a prisoner exchange to free wrongfully detained Gershkovich. And, quote, we're doing what we can to free Americans who are being illegally held in Russia or anywhere else for that matter. And that process is underway, end quote. I have to remain hopeful that he will return. Uh, but um, there, it's distinctly possible that he may never return. Mm. Yes, because he lacks the basketball privilege. Yeah, I mean, they're not name dropping him every hour for 24-hour news cycles on ESPN. Exactly. Which is what Griner got for damn near a year. Oh, yeah. Like, she, she had a website and a letter-writing campaign, there, all sorts of stuff. There certainly wasn't a break in the uh, at least daily mention Yeah, on ESPN specifically. Which, you know, I mean, if you're plugged in and you're a sports celeb, you have that kind of additional sway in terms of uh, diplomacy. But, uh, yeah, there is also the question of what are you thinking taking weed to Russia? Mm-hmm. Any, any of them, by the way, whether it's Griner or whether it's Vogel or whoever. Yeah, exactly. There's crazy penalties over there, you know? Yeah, well, it's federally illegal here, too, so you're not really supposed to fly with it anyway. Be like uh, going over to Kuwait <laughs> with uh, a joint and some Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> and no just thanks. wanting to throw it around in the air. Yeah. Or uh, if you're a chick, going over there and just uh, talking loud. <laughs> yeah, as we had on the lanes last week, exactly. Yeah, right. So, yeah. But if there's no shortage of prisoners that... Russia might be willing to swap him for. I remember uh, with the Griner narrative, they went through quite a few potentials that I rattled off many bowls ago. You know? So, hey, maybe. I was just surprised to see his name on the mainstream news cycle. It's good and, that uh, we keep hearing about him. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I know you keep your ear to the ground for him, too, and... Uh, Every time you hear about him, we all hear about him. And it's it's dwarfing the Britney Griner. Yeah, well, I would like to see him get back home, because I don't think anyone should be in prison for weed. Or I should say it's being dwarfed by the Britney Griner Oh, thing. yeah, definitely. He was already locked up when she flew over there. Yes. He's been there. <laughs> and he got a worse sentence than her. And it's worth mentioning, though, he brought more weed than her. So, you know, there's a lot of factors at play here. No doubt. But, yeah, so they had a rally Saturday. I didn't see any coverage of the rally, which bummed me out. I did see a few pictures of stickers they made for him. And, boy, if I lived closer to D.C., I would have loved to grabbed a few of those. I gotta... Maybe I can get in touch with his sister. Hey, send me some Mark swag. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, uh, so as we know, Griner was swapped for Victor Boot, the Merchant of Death, and coincidentally, the guy who led the overseas sting in 2008 that originally nabbed Victor Boot, <laughs> a guy by the name of Louis Milioni, second in command at the DEA, mm. well, he's resigning. Oh? Yes. And, of course, there's been some scrutiny, a lot of scrutiny, surrounding the DEA lately, um, because he was hired on by Ann Milgram. 
and they had, you know, courted previously, right. worked together and such. Yeah. Um, there's also a huge scrutiny because, um, well, the number two position at the DEA for more than a decade uh, hasn't been filled because it requires a presidential appointment and Senate confirmation. So instead, they hired him directly to fill a career position that has basically the same duties as that number two position with a different title Mm. so that it doesn't require the oversight of, you know, the president and the Senate. Wow, how convenient. Yeah, they've been doing this for more than a decade, the DEA. Incredible. I know, shocking. Good work, Alphabet Soup Administration Agencies. Yeah. Milioni says that he's leaving for personal reasons, although the Associated Press would like to think it's because of their muckraking. It's not. (laughs) Of course not. (laughs) Uh, He also... We did it! (laughs) Yeah, he previously worked with Purdue Pharma, who is the scapegoat for... A lot of big pharma right now, thanks to Stream Network Originals. And, uh, yeah. He was involved with some suspicious painkiller shipments in Louisiana. That's always fun. But he was also an expert witness in a lot of Purdue's um, court cases. So, he has already been replaced by George Papadopoulos. Wow. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Papadopolapa. Mm-hmm. Not the same Papadopoulos that we heard that was buzzing around Trump and such. Mm. Different guy. Oh. Surprisingly common name. <laughs> <laughs> In mm. Arizona, expungement was denied for a man serving a 16-year sentence for weed. You won't be shocked to hear that that... Came out of Maricopa County, though. Oh, yeah, well. Yeah, he was a registered medical patient that got caught selling an ounce of weed and was sentenced to 16 years in prison. Jesus. He has served five of those years so far. But on May 30th, the Arizona Court of Appeals um, had a ruling that broadened the eligible cases for expungement from just possession cases to possession for sale. And so his attorney thought, what the heck? Let's see how it goes. Let's throw him in there and see if we can get him expunged. But the judge totally disagreed uh, and said that he was ineligible for expungement. So, yeah. Her quote in the ruling was, nothing in the statute provides for the expungement of a conviction for selling marijuana. No. So, you know. (laughs) Just possession? Oh, but if you sold it, mm. (laughs) hmm. Yeah, but if you possessed it and were thinking about selling it, that's fine. <laughs> that's basically what that May 30th ruling says. Oh, you know, man. Possession for sale. Right. So, intent to distribute without the distribution part. Okay. Yeah. Fucking Maricopa. Bunch of loophole bullshit. You know, just stop locking people up for weed. Who gives a shit what the what part of weed, you know? Yeah, I'm You're going to just... let people off who bought it. All the people had to buy it from someone. Okay, that's how that's how you get it, is you buy it from someone. I'm just not into locking up nonviolent offenders. I agree, Okay, yeah. like, if, if you break a law that doesn't hurt anyone, just, 
do the fucking fine thing if you got to do something. Yeah, you know, it's all just it's a plant. It's a trap, and it's federally illegal, but legal in uh, different states, different ways. Mm-hmm. Oh well, anyway, fun story here in Florida, where some weed washed up on the beach. I would love to walk up on that. And, of course, officials are telling people that go to the beach, uh, don't pick it up and try and smoke it. <laughs> Duh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's literally seaweed yeah, now, Yeah, it's just soggy, guys. gross pile of shit. Yeah. Like, all right, I'll try to avoid it. Exactly. I mean, ugh. Oh, well, it was funny because there's video footage of cops, like, trying to rake it all up. As the waves are coming in and out, like taking some away from them, adding a little bit more different places on the beach. Just silly. Silly, silly. Some good news in the weed world. A federal judge ordered the Kansas Highway Patrol to end their two-step practice of detaining and searching cars that are traveling to or from their neighboring legal states. Of course. Because, you know, it violates the Fourth Amendment. And so the two-step, the Kansas two-step here, is a cop or a trooper would, you know, pull someone over for speeding, say, like in this case, uh, give them a ticket, start walking away, and then do the two-step back and start a separate effort to dig for information about weed specifically and then hope to gain entry to the vehicle, you know, and search for contraband. So that's what happened to... The plaintiff, in this case, an Oklahoma City resident, he was ticketed for going 91 in a 75-mile-per-hour zone. And a trooper pulled a two-step on him, asked if he was hauling anything illegal, and he answered in the negative and refused to grant permission to the trooper. So the trooper called out a canine. Now, the canine didn't alert to anything, (laughs) but... Highway Patrol required the driver to report to a nearby law enforcement office so copies could be made of his medical records, his Colorado ID, and his medical marijuana registration. Fuck off. Yeah. So he filed a lawsuit. Good. This was back in 2020, and it's now been, you know, he won. No more two-step for you. Good. It's like, you're not... That's what makes me even crazier. The whole prohibition thing in and of itself is already stupid. But then when they grab guys and they don't even have shit, and they just, like, punish them for not being criminals, you know? Like, well, we're going to fucking keep you here and send you over there and copy your ID and all this extra egregious bullshit just because they're mad they didn't get a bust. Yeah, it's gross. It's like, stop it. It's unconstitutional. Yeah, exactly. You're not out here to harass and shake people down for money all the time. No, serve and protect. Correct. Simple as. Yeah, the whole... Ugh. Don't even get me started. Yeah. Well, in Maryland, hemp businesses are suing the state for monopolizing the recreational pot process. Of course, when uh, recreational went legal, their initiative capped the percent of THC in hemp-derived products that could be sold without a store having a license... For recreational weed, which, of course, you know, was grandfathered to the medical dispensaries. So there wasn't really much room for people to get licenses. 
Taylor's oldest time here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of hemp businesses, hemp shops, had to close their doors on July 1st when this all went into effect. Not to mention, round one applicants for licenses here have to be social equity applicants. Ah. Which means you lived in what they've determined as a disproportionately impacted area or um, a place where 150% of the state's tenure average for pot possession charges took place. Uh, you have to, if you don't have that qualification, maybe you attended a public school in a disproportionately impacted area, or maybe you attended for at least two years a four-year higher education institution where at least 40% of attendants are eligible for Pell Grant. The social equity thing grosses me out. So, uh, you know, they're arguing, the hemp business owners, that this licensing process violates Maryland's anti-monopoly laws by creating a monopoly on licenses to sell weed-related products in the state, and that they're violating the Equal Protection Act by inventing certain categories of people who will only be eligible to submit applications for their first round of licenses. We'll see how it goes. Um, it does seem illegal as all hell, but so does pretty much everything that goes on in the modern era, you know? It sure does, yeah. It's like, you can say, well, it's in the Constitution, but they don't give a shit about that. Exactly. There's so many laws on the books now. Yeah, it's, you know? it's out just, of control. It's so insane. Yeah, you can just catch 22 pretty much any law. Can we start either over, side. man? We'll just start over. I'm a proponent of that. One page. You know, back to the the stuff we started with. Yeah, exactly. Most of which was supposed to prevent all of this shit we're dealing under now. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Still should, but... In a the kids, perfect world. The kids can't read cursive, so... <laughs> Permanently <laughs> fucked. Yep. Uh, In ah. Minneapolis, the mayor has loosened enforcement of psychedelics by issuing an executive order which makes criminalization of possession, use, and cultivation of psychedelics the city's lowest law enforcement priority. Ah, uh, it always starts with something like that, doesn't it? It's a step yeah. in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. Yeah, so he's hoping that it'll prevent local resources from being used to aid federal and state actions against psychedelics. We'll see. Uh, The chief of police did come out and say he stands with the mayor's executive order and has directed his officers to reprioritize, which is a good sign because a lot of times the chief of police will come out in cities where this happens and say, fuck you, state law says this and I'm going to follow the state law. Look at Texas. But two months ago, the governor signed a bill we talked about in the bowl, which created a psychedelics task force. Um, So, yes, paving the way. Paving the way. Nam of the Millennial Media Offensive, N.A. Millennial, or uh, Dan, or Greg. He goes by many names. A man of many names, yeah. Randy. Randy, indeed. He brought to my attention that the micro-business license application process opens this Thursday here in the Show Me State. Mm, slash me rubs hands. Mm, yeah, micro-business. Micro-license. I just don't know how I feel about that terminology. You know? I 
have heard of microbreweries. They've been around. And mm-hmm. so I could see like being a micro grow. Sure. That would make sense to me. But a micro business in which you can be either a dispensary or a wholesale facility, very vague, the wholesale aspect of things. So I can micro wholesale? Yeah. How does that work? I'm not sure. That's an interesting one. That's a chin scratcher. Now, the fee to apply... I sell 100 pounds at a time, but I only do it twice a week or something. Yeah. I don't know. It makes me feel like they're capping your business potential. Like, you can only make so many sales a week or transactions. I wish I knew more, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, people have till August 10th to apply with a non-refundable $1,500 fee, of course, because you got to pay to play. Of course. Um, and they will be giving out 48 licenses no later than October 4th. That's the state's words. And they want six micro-businesses in each of the state's eight districts. Two would be dispensaries and four wholesale facilities. Okay. So uh, they're saying the Missouri Lottery is going to conduct the drawing so that in all the applicants will be numbered, so there's no reference to who they are. Okay. And, you know, you're supposed to feel better about it, like, oh, yeah, no finagling going on there. Yeah, because they can't rig a complete lottery. Yeah, and it's the Missouri lottery. Yeah, it would be impossible to fix in any way. There are guys. Right, yeah. So I just don't get it. You know, it was pitched as though this is the ma-and-pa shops, but it's if there was going to be a ma-and-pa shops... It would be a free market, and anyone could open a weed store that wanted to. Correct. Yeah, already by requiring a $1,500 non-refundable fee, you're not a mom-and-pop situation. Exactly. A mom-and-pop is like anybody can just lemonade stand style start. Yep. Yep. And then go from there. And you know how this is going to go. I'm holding here a card we got in the mail showing how it's going to go, which is some big player, some big fish, asks... If I've ever been convicted of a weed offense because I have a once in a lifetime opportunity to own a license and they can help me, you know, they can put up the money. They just use my identity to get the license and Mm -hmm. then they're going to buy it out from under me and I'll make a bunch of money. Sure. A straw licensee. Yeah. Straw man uh, licensee. Again, with these micro business licenses, (laughs) micro licenses for micro penises. Micro business. Yeah. Um, You have to hit one of these eligibility criteria, and it's a lot of social equity stuff. You know? You have to be... No, it says net worth less than $250,000 or income below 250% of the federal poverty level. That's kind of wide open. Uh, Service-connected disability. Someone who's... Nuclear family or self has been arrested for weed. We see that in all the social equity things. Live in a zip code uh, that's below the federal poverty rate. You know, lots of stuff. But just like the eight criteria, the last one is graduated from a school that was unaccredited. So, but we remember the zip code map they showed. They had, like, the IRS has its own zip code there, that building, and that was one of them. And there was a post office. <laughs> it's a mess. Thanks, licensing. Thank you. That's just what we needed, not. Yeah. Shaving off another chunk of freedom. Yep. Bit by bit, they enslave us all. Because, you know, you're too stupid to be able to 
know your product and sell it to people responsibly. We got to protect the public here. We who know jack shit about your product got to protect the public. I don't understand it. Licensing is a scam. Fuck licensing. Yep. We say it bowl after bowl. Oregon's first legal psilocybin services session took place. Ooh. Because, you know, you got to go to like a a psilocybin therapist. Yeah. And do the, it in like a whitewashed building. I don't know. That's how I imagine it. I hope it's better than that. I hope that there's at least a bean bag. Yeah, like a sticker at the end that's and like a tie-dye kind of sticker. Yeah, maybe. Well, man. But, um, yeah. So that's a baby step in the right direction. You can yeah. uh, go use some psilocybin under the purview of a licensed person. Yay. Licensing. Because when I think trip sitter, I think some guy in a lab coat. <laughs> oh, no. I hope they at least pretend to be shamans. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm a shaman. <laughs> no. <laughs> they have like a big ass beanbag chair and some Devendra Ben Hart playing in the background or something. It's a lab coat, but it's been tie dyed. <laughs> <laughs> and they still have to wear a name badge and a face mask, face diaper. It's like, you're all fired. Now find someone who stinks of patchouli and get them in here. Yeah. I don't know. I'm more of a walk in the woods kind of gal myself. Uh, and, yeah, uh, I can dig that. I only hang out with shamans who do not self-identify as such. <laughs> it's, yeah. The spirit leads me. There you go. My final story for the bowl tonight is that Luxembourg, well, they've legalized possession and personal cultivation, and that just took effect. So now you can grow and use your own weed. Cool. Yeah. Good for them. Would be nice if America did that. Wouldn't it be nice if America did that? Look around, America. Ah. I just want to grow some weed next to my tomatoes and peppers. It seems like a reasonable ask, doesn't it? Well, they just know what's coming next. And some poppies. And some coca. Yeah. <laughs> and all the fun things. All of the plant <laughs> medicines, please. Thank you. Yeah. I just want to grow what I, whatever I want. I'm an adult. This is America. It's only fair, you know. They're the ones God put here for us. Yeah. So we just want them is all. Exactly. You got your dumb fuck pills that you want us to eat. I don't want that shit. I just want the plants, man. Yeah. Fuck you, bear. Stepping on good opium. Plant good, pill bad. Simple as. It is indeed. Well, this next segment is probably simple as, yeah, simple, good, ready to go, ready to rock and roll. Oh, yeah, typically we hear from the Rev around this time, because uh, he's got a current metal moment locked and loaded and ready to rock. It is a Tuesday after all, and it's Christmas in July, and uh, tonight our Santa is the Rev, Sir Rev Cybertrucker, who brings us the latest... In moments of metal. Christmas 
In the Bowl and In the Morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. For the next five weeks, we're going to do something a little different. Since there are a lot of unique vocalists in the heavy metal genre, I've decided I'm going to list my top five favorite vocalists. To start us out at number five, we head over to London on the year of my birth, 1975. With an initial lineup of guitarist Larry Wallace and drummer Lucas Fox, Motorhead was fronted by vocalist Lemmy Kilmister. From their 1986 album, Orgasmatron, this is Motorhead, Orgasmatron. Yeah, that is going to be a good five weeks. Kicking it off. The Rev telling us his favorite vocalists. Hell yeah. And what a start, man. Well, if you want to follow Rev Cybertrucker and all of his uh, latest shenanigans, well, get on any Fetty that doesn't totally block No Agenda Social. And you can find him there at Rev Cybertrucker at NoAgendaSocial.com. Yeah, and I want to shout out his Indiegogo campaign that he's got rocking. Yes. For fantasy weddings. It'll be in the show notes. Go click, support the Rev. Click that link, yeah. The Rev brings you value, and he always refuses the value. Uh, so this is a, one of those ways we can give value back to the Rev. Sharing his Indiegogo link and cheerleading. Do it up. Uh, speaking of doing it up, we had some bowlers doing it up in our voicemail box. Uh, we do have a first time I ever game that we play. Uh, and of course it's accompanied by another little celebratory dance we do. First time I ever. First time you ever did a thing that changes every week. And we talk about all kinds of firsts. This week we're talking about the first time I ever animated. And uh, callers are happy to weigh in. Hey. Hey. Bowlers. What's up? Oh, Dr. Sir. I got a question. Okay. Uh, have you ever had a dog? Mm-hmm. Biden's got a dog. Oh, yep. That motherfucker bites. I've heard read about that. Several times. <laughs> yeah. uh, pretty important people. And, uh, yeah. 
I had a dog that bit. Unfortunately, rest in peace. Uh oh. We had to kind of uh, take care of the situation. Put him down. Yep. yep. How the fuck does Biden get away with a goddamn biting dog? <laughs> biting Secret Service or whatever the hell. Yeah. Important people. And, uh, and his bastard son, oh, not a bastard, but, oh, I mean, uh, yeah, for, for purposes, non-political bastard son. Okay. Abusing his post. Not trying to go political, but damn. Dude is high as fuck, like all the time. <laughs> kind of jealous. <laughs> anyway. Must be fucking right, nice, well, am I right? Adios, enjoy the bowl and uh, hit some of those fat pins. Oh, adios. hell yeah. Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. Those pins are asking for it. No doubt. Smack them down. <laughs> They're getting smacked as fuck. Oh, he can't keep getting away with it! Seriously, though. Yeah, I don't know. Rules for thee and not for me. That's how it fucking works. It's called corruption. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. Ha 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 ha. old as time. Chuff, chuff, chuff. Chuff-worthy. No doubt about it. Uh, I haven't had a dog that's bitten. Mm-mm. Thankfully. But you did get bitten by a dog. I've gotten bit by a dog, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I heard that dog had bitten before. Yeah. Um, I was warned about the dog, and then I walked through its yard. <laughs> but my dogs, our dogs, wouldn't dare. It was put away when we got there, and then you went out to the car to get something, and that guy didn't realize and had let the dog out. Yeah. So it was like... I don't know how it didn't knock me down and rip my face off. Yeah, it was lucky. Mm-hmm. Lucky. Uh, as lucky as this next caller? Who's to really know for sure? Face of the screen bowlers. Hey! hey. Oh, the first time I ever animated, let's say, uh, of course, I'd seen anime previously. But okay. the first time I really actually got into one. Ooh, I like that take. Probably like 15 years ago or more. Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, I was high on cough syrup. I had I had the <laughs> flu or something. I was sick. Okay, and I was just drinking the cough syrup. Yeah, and then like I couldn't sleep, so I woke up in the middle of the night and I was just watching Cartoon Network when they had Adult Swim with like the yeah, tsunami goofy anime shows. Uh huh. And I got involved in the story of like the the ghost boy trapped in the giant suit of metal armor and the other guy that had like the missing arm and the yeah. I don't know. I've never really gotten into anime that much. Of His course, brother. Like my nephews before that were already into like Dragon Ball Z, and I didn't get it. It's like, oh, this is just like guys just yelling, oh, oh, oh you know, and like it's almost like a behind the scenes scream mail now at this point, you know. <laughs> so you had the all different animes out there. There was also uh, what was the other one? Inuyasha was on there. I just kind of watched that sometimes, but the. I think the cough syrup really just kind of got me into it, man. Something about the cough syrup. <laughs> Never hurts. <No>. The anime <laughs> uh, watching. I might need some cough syrup right now. Actually, I'm getting ready to... I've been smoking too much. Uh-oh. <clears throat> Never heard no, of that before. So anyway, bowlers. Nice chatting. Yeah. You have a good night. You too, face you too. to the screen. Good to hear from you, brother. He's got bronchitis. Ain't <laughs> nobody got to for that. <laughs> oh... Full of Mellow Alchemist. Nietzsche! 
Yeah, I was hesitant to watch FMA because I saw the merch in Hot Topic mm. <laughs> when I was a teenager, and I thought, oh, mainstream anime. Mm. But you and I watched it together. Well, I bet you can remember the first time you ever animated. Oh, I sure do. Because the dubs on TV sucked so bad, and the first time I got sucked into a storyline, um, well, if I had seen Sailor Moon, and I liked it, but I thought the voice acting was kind of annoying, and uh, I don't know, it's just silly. Like, now I think it's silly and fun, but as a kid, I was like, why is she just yelling all the time? I don't get it. Then Yu-Gi-Oh! came on, and for some reason, I just got sucked into it, and... I also was like, I feel like there's a lot of storyline missing here. So I took to the interwebs and I found a fan sub of Yu-Gi-Oh! from Japan. And it was so different than the crap they were feeding to us as kids. I just couldn't stop. So every weekend when I would uh, visit my grandparents and get on the internet, because that's the only time I had it. That's what I was doing, was just looking up Yu-Gi-Oh! shit and trying to find, uh, you know, the fan subs. Damn. And getting more and more into it. And finally I got my hands on the manga and could read that way. But yeah, it was like, yeah, four kids animation. Fuck them. Disgrace what they did. Mm. They pulled out so much of the Yami storyline. And it's like they've got these dark spirits going back to ancient fucking Egypt. And that was all ripped out. You know, can't get too sexual, can't let any of this stuff in. But, hey, that led me down some weird rabbit holes and to other animes, wouldn't you know? Of course, yeah, that makes sense. The theme songs were also way better. <laughs> oh, and the fan <laughs> and the original or, oh, and airing, the, the, yeah. The original, so it was the original audio just subbed over with fan subs, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I really prefer subs over dubs in most animes that... It is a commitment because you got to keep on reading and you lose some visual aspect of it because you're focused on reading, but it also helps uh, you get kind of connected with the Japanese language more. Yeah. Just hearing it and hearing certain things repeated and you get the vocal context and the proper inflections. The dubs lack so much context. Yes. Because when they're subbing, they'll always put like, if there's a cultural reference being made... It's like, they'll tell you what they're saying, but then there will be an asterisk that's like, oh, they said this because of, you know, this person's seniority or whatever. Mm-hmm. I like that. Give me the context. Make me feel as close to Japanese as possible. I think I'm turning Japanese. <laughs> what about you? Do you remember the first time you animated? You know, I was trying to really think about the first time I animated because I saw some Toonami stuff passively, but never really got sucked in. Um, I think they had like Gundamon or something on Toonami. Yes. I can't remember. But uh, the first time I really got sucked into one and really dug it and was like, let's keep watching, let's keep watching. Had to have been with you. And so I'm trying to remember the particular tune i think that soul eater was definitely up there oh that was a fun one yeah for me. and it was early on but it might have been death note mm. i think that the very first one was death note that yeah you, uh... made you watch mm-hmm. 
But you never read the manga. But the one I am most into of all time has to be a neck and neck tie because they're just so completely different. Uh, between Golden Boy and uh, Wolf Children. Oh, yeah. Abel Kirby turned us on to Golden Boy. An, a rare instance where the dubs are amazing. The on dubs Golden on Boy. Golden Boy study, are study, study. amazing. They're fantastic. It's hilarious. They yeah. did a great job. That was a great cast. Mm-hmm. And Wolf Children. But we watched Wolf's Reign before Wolf Children. Wolf's Reign was great, too. Wow. That was a fantastic one. Bring your tissues. Mm-hmm. All those ones are great, though. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist they talked about earlier. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, yeah. That was maybe post-Soul Eater that we watched that. I wouldn't mind rewatching all of Soul Eater, man. That was just a feel-good one. Yeah. Along the lines of My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm. Shoujo. No, Shonen. Shonen Jump. <laughs> Shoujo is the girly version. Uh... Why are you trying to say these words, Lorian? <laughs> <laughs> well, this next caller's trying to say some words. Let's let him. First time I experienced anime. Uh, I mean, technically animation, you know, growing up cartoons, Disney stuff, you know. Okay. But uh, anime in, I think, what probably the most people would consider would be, uh, it was like, I think it was like House Wine Castle or something like that. My okay. Brother, my brother-in-law. I got you. Um was into some, or is into some of that stuff. And I think that was like the, one of the intro things I watched. And there's been a thing or two that I don't remember. And they're interesting. It's just not really my, my cup of tea, so to speak. Sure. I mean, you know, that's more for those rare encounter guys, right? You got to keep your encounters but, uh, rare. Yeah. Anyway, uh, people got me leaving vocal mails, man. I had car issues, car died, got to go, I'm walking to go get an alternator or test, have them test the alternator. Oh, damn. So I can go get the alternator on. And I mean, we're still doing it. So, you know. Keep it up. Yeah. Get those vocal mails in, you guys. All right. Call them up. Love you guys. That dangerous. And uh, whether or not it's your alternator or it's your battery or your starter or you're just lazy or whatever. Go ahead and give a good hearty caca! 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 The transcript read that as good hearty God. <laughs> oh, that's a great one. <laughs> not too bad. Not too bad, my friend. I love it. Yeah, Christopher Battles got it right, man. Yeah. Get your calls in. I love you, Christopher Battles. Also, do we have some sort of vroom vroom car karma for him? Um, That'd be something we can do. You know, I do have a air horn that I always pretend is a truck horn. Oh, yeah. Let's hear it and call it car karma. Car, 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 car. Yeah, it's right here. Car karma to you, sir. Perfect. Works out. Uh, this next caller definitely works out. He's back. <gasps> hey, bowlers. Hey. So I was looking at my ex. Uh, I said to myself, fuck it. I'd rather fuck a mastodon. <laughs> X. Twitter. Uh, adios. <laughs> Looking at my ex, I'd rather fuck a mastodon. Beautiful. Yeah. A 
brilliantly written joke for our modern age. I love it. My mom wouldn't understand that joke. Fuck your mom. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck all our moms. They don't need to understand. But not with your penis. You never understand, mom. (laughs) All I wanted was a Pepsi. (laughs) Christ's sakes. Oh, man. Well, thanks, scholars, for weighing in. We always uh, want to pick a new first time, and I heard you're tracking these in a new yeah. situation. Uh, so C-Dubs had suggested first time I ever took a selfie or the first time I ever went to a Brazilian steakhouse. Mm, I like the selfie one. Yeah. Let's do that. Give me time to get to the Brazilian restaurant. Yeah. And until then. Shit. We will... We're going to do that next week, right? Let's do it. We will be anticipating your voicemail about the first time you ever took a selfie. That's right. It's at 816-607-3663. And if you can't be bothered to leave a voicemail, uh, take all your clothes off and leave a selfie. Hey, yeah, I like that idea. And then your uh, first time you ever left a selfie... The story that tells itself. You don't even need to call in. Look at that. You got options, baby. Would you look at that? Would you look at this? Oh, man. Well, you know what that means. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold. Just a little titty bit to add in before the real lanes come in. You know, like a warm-up throw. Okay. I saw this study that got posted, and Salon gave it a headline. Breastfeeding linked to 33% decline in infant mortality. Okay. Yeah, so you know. All right. If you uh, breastfeed your babies, they're a third less likely to die in the first year. That seems pretty strong for me. I guess. (laughs) It's the uh, magical power of the titties. Yeah. I just, like, really wonder how these babies are dying, you know? It's like, huh? I don't know. I don't have a dead baby joke ready, so. Oh, shucks. But yeah, it's it's kind of creepy, the study. They followed 10 million infants from 2016 to 2018 uh, for a year after birth. And then the CDC came out with all this data from that following. And, uh, you know, the researchers just ran with it for the study. Oh, well, you know, the breastfed kids, they turned out a little bit better. At least in the first year. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't believe there's a scientific explanation yet for how breastfeed changes and adapts to what your baby needs. But it does. You know, a sickness will run through the house. Mm-hmm. Breastfeeding baby's always fine. Never get sick. Because no I get sick and then they get the antibodies. Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't know. The almost, magical power of titties. Almost like God designed it to be really kick-ass or something. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> something like that. Oh, not so kick-ass, though, was a bunch of plane passengers heading for Hawaii. Well, they got hit with a delay and were stuck at JFK in New York City for 33 hours. The scariest part of all is that they were only given $12 in food vouchers. 
Oh no, boo. Yeah. That can only buy two bags of peanuts. That's definitely only one water bottle and a snack of some sort, <laughs> for sure. Gonna have to hit the bubble, kid. For, three, uh, for 33 hours? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, all because there was a weird odor uh, that arose during the pre-departure cabin check. Okay. Some kind of malfunction. They didn't go into the specifics. And then they fixed it, but the plane still didn't have the green light because the pilot was uncomfortable with things. So they told everyone, well, hey, we've got a plane leaving in the morning for Hawaii. You guys are welcome to climb onto, whatever, join. And the plane was full. So no one was able to get on that plane. So they had to just keep waiting. Jeez. No customer service in the airline business, in the commercial flights industry. $12 food voucher. How insulting. No doubt. It should have just been like a card that says comped. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm here on a delay. I'm comped. Come on. Those places make a killing. Every single one of them. The little sea Mm. stores inside. The bars, definitely. Should be getting $1,000 sushi comped, man. Yeah. Should be going straight to the VIP lounge. Yeah. But no. Here's your 12 bucks, slave. Yeah. Thanks for flying. Thanks for flying domestic airlines. (laughs) Have a nice rape. (sighs) Yeah. I don't miss it. And I always get sick when I ride planes. I don't know why. I'm weak. I know. Gotta pound the vitamin C before I get on next time. Hopefully never. Hopefully I just find my own pilot and private plane. Oh, NetNed sent me this next story. This is a great one. Didn't quite make the top 333, but it's an honorable mention for sure. There's an influencer from Texas who has decided to provide her services to Ukrainian soldiers as an emotional support stripper. Nice. You've probably guessed by now that she's 33 years old. (laughs) I was waiting for it. (laughs) And self-identifies as a sex tourist. Oh, I see. I think it's silly they called her a Texas influencer because it goes on in the article to talk about how she moved to Europe to leave her American problems behind and then yeah. moved to Ukraine, and that's where she is now. And then she has this scathing quote in there that I just want to share with you all before you get turned on too much. My standards are too high because I only want men who can care for themselves and think about people other than themselves. None of them Americans met my standards. And then I came to Ukraine, and everybody here thinks about people other than themselves. Ukrainian men, they treat me like an infant. They need to know what I want even before I know what I want. I've never been treated like that in my life. (laughs) Cripes. What in the fuck? Yeah, what in the fuck indeed. This is uh, her standards. Wow. I am really high. Treat you like an infant, though, bitch. I know. What the fuck is that all about? You're, you know, made to hopefully be a mother one day. Like, you don't need to be the one that's being treated like a baby. Emotional support stripper. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, uh, the way that she's playing it, and, you know, it's all kind of a native ad for her content. Because these people are- Of course, They're not artists. She's influencing as we speak. Exactly. Influencers, they're content creators, not artists. Uh, so all of her stuff is free if you're in Ukraine. A soldier, a volunteer, a civilian. Free to Ukrainians. Everyone else you pay. 
And then it's funny because the article <laughs> mentioned the article mentioned um, emotional breastfeeding. Yeah, is like one of her services that she offers. Yeah, free to Ukrainians. You said free to Ukrainians. Yeah, and has also, anybody like, texted cold acid about this well, uh, unique opportunity? You know, there's no milk coming out. She's not a mom. You, know. you just yeah suck on the empty titty. But give him time. Give him time. I believe in Let's it. Let's work on her. Uh, he puts his dick on the table, you know. Slam bam. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. But what's funny about that, and I was getting to, is that the platform she uses for her services won't even allow the word breastfeeding. Duh, so right, it's, yeah, it's of course. bullshit. Mm-hmm. It just makes you mad. I'm just a, influencers. You're just a fancy slave. A very fancy slave, that's true. Yeah, not even fancy, really. I mean, come on. (laughs) (sighs) Well, in other news, there was a mom that made the lanes this week because she gave birth to her third daughter that was born on the same date as the other two, and they're all six years apart. Whoa. What are the chances of that? Three girls with a July 20th birthday. Six years apart. And she's got a son, too, but he has his own unique birthday. Hmm. I guess cancer runs in the women of their family. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> cancer with the coolest sign of mm. all the Zodiacs. That's cuspin, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Cancer Leo. Cuspin into Leo there. 69, lion. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Well, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Imagine a romantic cliffside picnic with the sun setting. It's a good place to propose, I suppose. I don't like heights. But for a lot of people, yeah, it sounds majestic and beautiful. Yeah. So this guy, this guy, he decided to propose to his girlfriend. They've been together a while. She was 39 years old. And uh, did it atop this cliff in Turkey. And she said yes. So then he's like, all right, I'm going back to the car to get our picnic and the rest of our drinks they've been drinking. Mm. You know, day drinking. A little day drinking. I'm guessing a little dink action. Double income, no kids. Okay. So, you know, day drinking. And he gets to the car when he hears a blood-curdling scream. Oh, fuck. Because his fiance fell off the cliff. Yeah. They were able to retrieve her and um, get medical treatment to her, but she did eventually succumb to her injuries. Oh, that's fucked up. So, yeah, they closed the whole area, this park or whatever. And uh, it has been reopened as of July 15th, but in a controlled manner. Okay. Now, sadly, a lot of the comments in the article and uh, people they got quotes from, the journalists, were saying, this is why we need fences. This is why we need guardrails. Ugh. And I just hate that. Not yeah, Like, you can't guardrail every cliff, man. Right. Just like, no. there's the cliff. You got to be careful around cliffs. Yeah. Sometimes bullshit happens when you go by cliffs. And, uh... You gotta be responsible with your alcohol intake, my man. There's a lot of factors, but... I certainly would not go to the top of a cliff if I was drunk. The answer... <laughs> That's for sure. 
The answer to dummies falling off of tall things is not nerf to earth. Nerf to earth should never be the answer. We have to keep this earth beautiful and leave it alone. Yeah. You know? It's mm-hmm. so majestic the way it is. Like, look at the Grand Canyon. Imagine if there were guardrails around that whole thing. <laughs> Too much work, first of all. Extra lame. But yeah. And people fall in there every once in a while, you know, and uh, we scrape them out and bury them. Yeah. You know, have a respectful ceremony and all that. Precisely. As Phoenix says in the chat, talk about falling in love. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Oh, there's another falling story this week that I the tongue is drunk. Sorry, it's all right. (laughs) Um, so in New York, traffic was at a standstill. Shocking, I know. This was on uh, the FDR Bridge. Okay. And this 20 year old had taken a lift ride, um, and the driver who was giving him the ride had a new Tesla. So here they are in the standstill traffic on the bridge, and the kid whips out a knife and threatens him, you know, give me the car. Mm-hmm. I'm going to jack your car, bro. And the dude was like, no, fuck you, because he's a New Yorker. And so the kid, the passenger, stabs him three times. And what does dude do? Throw him out of the car and start chasing his ass through the cars that are parked in traffic. And... uh you know, when he was getting stabbed, he did rear-end a vehicle in front of him. So now that guy's out of his car trying to figure out what's going on, trying to scare the 20-year-old because he sees, oh, God, that kid's trying to carjack that Tesla. And the dude's bleeding all over the place. Jesus. So a 20-year-old's trying to escape. These two guys chasing him. Climbs into an open window in the back of a sedan. Promptly gets kicked out of that vehicle. <laughs> Can't get into any other ones. What's a boy to do? Oh, I don't know. Maybe jump off the side of the bridge? Oh, God. And he does. And someone videotaped it from across the way, and it is just like the most refreshing instant karma ever. Because to add to all of this, there's an ice cream truck playing in the background of wherever dude's filming. (laughs) Dude, the kid, he falls like, you know, three bridges down, right in front of a group of three ladies breaks both of his legs. Oh, shit. And tries to get up still. And is like looking at them, maybe like asking for help. And they just ignore his ass and walk oh, away. <laughs> it's pretty funny. The only thing that's not funny, though, is that he was taken to the same hospital as that Lyft driver he stabbed. So, oh, God. You know, hoping that the authorities get to him first. Actually, not really. Fuck I mean, him. <laughs> this is just all lost, man. Yeah. All lost in the supermarket on that one. Uh, bummer about the Tesla and definitely dude driving for Lyft, getting attacked like that. I guess his wife is also a Lyft driver, and they have a two-year-old. So just Who also drives for Lyft. Soon. Soon enough. <laughs> this is the path. This is the way for you, my mm-hmm. child. I come from a long line of Lyft drivers. Exactly. This is the modern world. My father was a Lyft driver, and his father before him was also a Lyft driver. Yeah. Carjackings are way up in New York. That sucks. Yeah. But instant karma in this case. Just unfortunate the driver had to get stabbed. Yes. It's hard to keep running when you break both your legs. Yeah. 
Oh, man, I have been in the mood for sushi for a while. Same. And this next story doesn't really deter that. <laughs> so this is in Florida, uh, a place called Nico Japanese Steakhouse. There was, you know, I guess it's a hibachi grill. So you sit around the grill with a group of people you don't know, other than the ones you brought. And you watch them cook your food, and then you enjoy it. Well, this family went, and when they got home, they were feeling pretty wired. And they didn't really know why. And their hearts were racing, and the mom said she remembered talking to her kids for like six hours. And they were like, where's our dad? But they couldn't pull away from their conversation to go check on him. And then... Her son was like, I don't want to go to bed. I'm just going to go clean my room. So he did. And she went out, found her husband in the shed, just watching TV, like sweating profusely. And they decided, you know, I think there might have been something wrong with our dinner tonight. So they go to the hospital. And who do they see at the hospital? The other patrons who had been seated at the hibachi grill with them. Time to panic. Yeah. Well, they all tested positive in the hospital for meth. Oh, my God. Yeah, and to cement it more, there was a woman that got to-go food that same night. And this night, for reference, was June 9th. Your birthday, your 33rd birthday. Whoa, they're handing out meth sushi for my birthday? Yeah, people were getting free meth sushi in Florida. To oh celebrate Only your 33rd year. Only in Florida would this happen. <laughs> yeah, so this lady got a to-go order, and then her and her friends didn't feel good, so they all went to the hospital. They brought the food, and then uh, investigators tested it. That tested positive for meth. Now, granted, I take the tests, you know, with a grain of salt that okay. these labs have. Sure, I agree with that. But a bunch of people that went on the same night not feeling well, having the same symptoms. Yeah, something weird's going on for sure. Um... There was an investigation that opened July 10th, and as the story goes, an unemployed man wandered into the kitchen dressed like a chef, saying he was the new manager, (laughs) fussed around with some of the food, and then when the actual manager walked in and said, hey, get out of here, the dude left, but sat in the parking lot waiting for a ride for a while. And that was the same night that this (laughs) crap went down. So they think this unidentified, unemployed man put meth in the food. Holy shit. Isn't that quite the write-off? Bitch, I am the manager. And the investigation came to an end with that. They couldn't pinpoint who put the meth in, so they're just like, well, that's it. Case closed. Now, sadly, this restaurant is closing. And, of course, at first you're like, well, yeah, meth in the food. Of course they're closing. But... They say that they're closing because of the outrage they've gotten from the media and, you know, the fallout of that. Their name was slandered all over the place as being the meth restaurant, and even though it was an isolated incident. So they have to shut their doors. I guess this is a case where the publicity was bad. I guess so. I guess that uh, is true. Yeah. I don't know. Some guy wandered in. We kicked him out. <laughs> yeah. That's all it takes. <laughs> you can kick him out soon enough. Damn. That's crazy. I know. It is. Yeah. Super crazy. Also crazy is uh over the pond in England. There's a rocking horse going up for auction. 
Now, this doesn't sound newsworthy at all, but it is. Uh-oh. Because the rocking horse belonged to a medium in the 1940s by the name of Dick Godden, and it has been passed down through the family to now his great-granddaughter, who uh, doesn't want it because it was used during seances, and everyone thinks it's haunted. As the story goes, there's a ghost girl named Angela attached to this rocking horse who plays on it all the time. And it's known to move from room to room. And the woman who's now in possession of it, that great-granddaughter, well, she's a born-again Christian, so she wants nothing to do with it. She Mm. really just wants to get rid of it. She said it hasn't moved while she's been in ownership of it, but... She keeps it upstairs in the attic, and there are banging noises constantly coming from there and footsteps. Mm. So, you know, she's like, I want to be out in the open that this is a haunted rocking chair hmm. for sale. And somebody just wants to ride on it. Yeah. She said that her kid won't have anything to do with it. And I think, wow, if a kid looks at a rocking horse and isn't just immediately hopping on it, there's got to be something wrong. Yeah. Spoopy. Super spoopy. So... They're expecting to get between $250 to $380. Pretty affordable. I think you could auction it off. You just have to have the right hype man out front saying... Because imagine sitting down on this. That's right. That's right. And that's what they're doing. By running this story internationally. And we're doing our part. Yeah. You know there's some big money haunted collector out there that needs it in a museum. Mm -hmm. This is what you wanted. They can record their EVPs right next to it. And we can all listen and fill in the blanks of what the static is saying to us. (laughs) Yeah, I love that crap. Oh, I also love fishing stories. And this week it comes from Oklahoma, where an 11-year-old reeled in a paku. I hadn't heard of them, but it's a freshwater fish from South America that's related to the piranha. Interesting. Unlike the piranha, though, it's a vegetarian. But it's creepy. The teeth, they look like people teeth. It looks like it's just wearing dentures. It's very uncomfortable. That's uh, spoopy. Yeah. And they're a highly invasive species, so if you ever reel one in, just kill it, I guess. This whole Um, thing is very, very spooky. Don't throw it back in. You said it's called a what? A paku. P-A-C-U. Paku. I'll be damned. Yeah, you'll have to look at their teeth. (laughs) Uh, they can grow up to three and a half feet long and weigh up to 88 pounds. And they're sold as pets in a lot of uh, fish shops, I guess. Pet stores. And then people find that they grow too big and dump them in the fresh water. And then they take over. And they keep getting bigger. <laughs> and they keep getting bigger, bigger. Yeah. And then they multiply. Woo. Damn. Yeah. I got another story from Florida for you. I love those ones. A woman called 911 because a lady approached her husband in his yard and held a gun up to him. You know, pointed a gun at him. He responded by spraying her with his garden hose and yelling. (laughs) What are you to do if you don't have a gun also? Yeah. He said, you know, get off my property line. And then she started walking away and he followed her back to her car yelling the whole time. Uh. Then she decided she wasn't going to leave, and she was going to call 911 because she was in fear of her life. And that man, even though he went back inside his house, 
was arrested <laughs> for spraying her with the garden hose and then yelling and following her to the car. <laughs> I'm just saying. Garden hose ain't going to win a gunfight. No. And if someone points a gun at you, that's incredibly aggressive behavior. And they're saying him following her to the car was the aggressive mannerism here. He's been charged with simple battery. It's ridiculous. Just ridiculous. That is ridiculous. You know what else is ridiculous? What? I looked up Baku teeth. Yeah. And it's fucking absurd. You're right. Looks like people teeth. But then half of the results lead with testicle eating fish. Oh, what the heck? The Paku is popularly known as a ball cutter in its native Papua New Guinea. Oh, no. <laughs> it eats the balls, man. It just grabs on. Hmm, that bite, looks good. It'll bite your fucking nuts off. Chomp. God, get the Paku out of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God damn. Get the Paku out of here. I also uh, wanted to mention we had a few boosts roll in. Oh, yeah, I heard some pin action. Including 8888 sets from NetNed. Aw, thank you, NetNed. Live out of Fountain. He's bed boosting. Aw, NetBed. Little snoozy boost. Uh, 2730 sats from Memes1337. Memes, thank you. Leap boosting the split yet again out of pod first. And 3333 sats from our boy Weirdo. Weirdo, thank you. He's uh, also coming out of Fountain. He said just dropping by to show some love. T-Y-F-Y-C heart peace sign. Peace and love, brother. I've got one story left on the lanes tonight. Oh, very nice. Yeah, and this comes from Texas, where a 35-year-old man was visiting his mom in San Antonio when he started to feel sick. Had some flu kind of symptoms and some gastrointestinal issues, but wasn't getting better. So he decided to go to the emergency room. You hate to hear that, right? It's like already bad. Well, a day later, his organs started failing. So he was moved to ICU uh, in septic shock. He was intubated, put on a ventilator, put on CRT, which is a 24-hour dialysis. And the doctors told his mom to call the family and tell them to come say goodbye because he's not going to make it. They started slamming him with antibiotics, steroids, vasopressors. Oof. And uh, eventually, he started making a comeback. And it was those vasopressors that saved his life. Wow. Because he had typhus. From a flea bite. Oh, God. Yeah. However, that cocktail of medications damaged his hands and feet, and he had to have his hands amputated and parts of his feet removed. And there's still some surgeries planned for his feet, so uh, they're not in the clear yet, but he is going to make a full recovery. Now, the medical professionals in the article said that you used to see typhus exclusively in South Texas, but it's slowly making its way north. I don't want to see typhus anywhere. No, no way. I don't want to see fleas anywhere, though. So, there's that. Yeah. (laughs) Full recovery. Sorry about your hands and feet, though. (laughs) Right. It's like uh, the new 
life. What if they always, the mainstream will say the new normal. Well, this is your new normal, bud. Sucks. That does suck. Terrible, awful, no good, very bad. Sorry to end the lines on a sad note. Well, sometimes it be like that, you know. But he lives. He does live. A fate worse than death. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, if you're gloomy-pilled. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Well, I respect your opinion, man. And I respect all you bowlers hanging out. Appreciate you. Much love. Please do uh, join us this Friday. Should be a big time fun. Happy blast. With our good friends, Make Heroism and Mary Kate Ultra joining us for a Bowls with Buds. And of course, you know, we'll be back. Same bowl time. Same bowl streams. Next Tuesday. Right around 9 Central after DH Unplug wraps up on the No Agenda stream. And streaming live on stream doubleafterbowl.com Throughout it all, I will do my best to remain Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'll be hoping that someone sends that poor man an emotional support stripper. Because I've been Dame DeLorean. Till Friday, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter. current events. We ain't illegal no more, nigga. No, I'll roll it, I'll roll it. You get too much spit on it. It's just me and my ganja. Not a viewer stoned at the time. You come for me. I'm gonna come. Here we go. None of this is good. I mean, come on. It's never gonna be anything interesting. You'd know that if you'd ever listened to my podcast. Shout out. Shout out. Bull after bull. Bull after bull. Let's blame it on the weed, everybody. Lots of weed. Everyone can enjoy the rich satisfactions that bowling offers. That's uh, quite a feat. I'm a supporter of human beings. That's why his body fell apart. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl.com. <laughs> <laughs>